Welcome to Pure Horseradish from The Job Sauce. I'm Scott Swedberg, CEO of The Job Sauce, and today we're going to talk to Galen Carpenter. Galen is an ICF certified coach, a master coach, and she was actually my original career coach way back in the day. So enjoy my meandering conversation where I probably talk too much with Galen Carpenter. Hi, Galen. How you doing? I'm good. How are you, Scott? <laughs> I'm good. It's always good to see you. Uh, you know, we, we were chatting a little bit before we hit record, and you know, now that we're talking to everyone who's out there, uh, I want I want to try something a little different and have you introduce yourself. Since uh, the more I think about it, I, I've kind of I put you on such a pedestal over the years since you were my original career coach, and you know, we've worked together in so many ways for so long. Sometimes when I look at your LinkedIn profile, I'm like amazed at all the credentials and experience behind who who I know. It's like, oh yeah, Galen is pretty awesome. But I want you to to brag about yourself for just a second. Like if I were to spend 30 minutes researching you and I could say all the most awesome things about who you are and why you're such a great coach to help people figure out what they want to do, how would you how would you do that for me? Mm. Well, let me just say, this is my first time taking a shot at this. Um, and I'm not, uh, I, I don't put bragging high on my list of, of skills and competencies, but I will give it a shot. Um, I am uh, pretty experienced with coaching. I think one of the things that has um, helped me a lot is how many people I've coached, which is at least 500 uh, mm. clients and several thousand hours of coaching. Um, but I came to it really for, for the, for the purpose of connecting deeply with people and helping them figure out how to get what they want. And I think I have some superpowers when it comes to coaching, I would say, uh, always looking for people's superpowers. That's one of the things that coaches do. And I would say mine are, um, that I, listen very well and can identify patterns and connections because of the way I listen and the way I think, which is kind of a mashup of creative and analytical, um, that really helps uh, create some hardcore clarity for people. And over and over again, I think that's the feedback that I get is that I'm able to help them focus in and narrow down what's important, what matters, and what are we going to do next? And that's really what a good coach does. Yeah. And I've, I've personally experienced that, you know, it's crazy to say a decade ago uh, when, when you first started coaching me, uh, something that's, that a lot of people are thinking about right now is uh, especially people who've been laid off, or we're already in the midst of a job search when uh, we were hit with coronavirus. Right. It's, you know, what, what do I actually want to do next? You know, they're getting their, their marketing materials together. They're refining their resumes and their LinkedIn. And everyone knows that you want to direct that towards the job that you want. But to do that, you need to be clear on, on just what that is. So where, where I want to start is how do you – how do you go about figuring out what you actually want to do next? Like, what would you recommend to people? 
Well, it's a, you kind of, I think, start at a, at, at a natural place, right? You find, you find what, what is, what, what is naturally coming up for me when I think about what I want. And unfortunately what comes up for people is what they don't want. So you're immediately able to be precise and descriptive and detailed about what you don't want. And that's yeah. just how our brain is wired. That's a, that's a physiological um, fact that we gravitate toward the negative. And chances are, if you're in the job market, um, there have been some, there's a, ne a potentially negative context to that, you know, mm -hmm. either you've gotten laid off or you left a job you didn't like, or you have to move, um, and you're able to go into great detail about, well, I don't want this and I don't want that. And I don't like this. And I was troubled by that. Yeah. And one of the things I think coaching helps people with is reframing away from what they don't want. Um, so if they say, for example, I don't want a lot of pressure. Um, you might uh, really think about what does it actually look like to be working in a job where you don't feel pressure? what are you feeling? Um, what are the things that are creating this environment that helps you feel the way you want to feel? So sort of starting out with um, identifying those, those don't wants that are the loudest for you. You know, I don't want someone looking over my shoulder, right? Okay, so what is it that you want? Um, and starting to label that. So in that case, I might say there's a term called freedom to act, which is a description in kind of a, a culture or a leadership approach that you might look for in the person you'd be working for. And you might say in an interview, for example, one of the things that's very fulfilling for me is to have a broad freedom to act, to really look across what the needs are and have a lot of freedom about how I'm gonna tackle a problem or an issue. Um, so it's, it's identifying what those characteristics are, translating the what I don't want into what would it look like to want it, and then labeling that very specifically and deeply so that you can have some energy about it um, when you're asking for it. So I think freedom to act is, is, is an example. Um, another one is, is meaning, you know, or um, doing something that matters comes up a lot. Um, so the way it starts is, you know, I'm, I'm just, I just don't see the point of going through you know, all the hoops we have to go through to do X, Y, and Z. Um, so then it, it has to turn to what would matter, what yeah. would be worth investing in. Um, so where they start is by asking the questions that help them move from what they don't want and, and the detail and precision of that 
that they they already have very naturally and working on the opposite and really becoming adept at describing the opposite of what they don't want which is what they do want yeah so when someone is clear on what they don't want and it's inherent to what they've been doing mm. how do you recommend people figure out like okay you know let's say i was a project manager and there are certain things inherent in that job that I just do not want, that doesn't work with them for some reason. They're, they're clear that it's, it's not workable for them in, in life anymore. There's just something about it. So they know what they don't want and they know the things that they do want, but now they need to figure out, okay, well, what can I convince people to hire me for that isn't a project manager? Like how, how do people go about understanding what else they could do when they've been a project manager for for 15, 20 years? What do you, what do you recommend to people to figure that out or, or the next step to get closer to it? Yeah. Yeah. This is one of those epic questions, which really boils down to what do I, how do I talk about my skills and abilities in a way that's transferable, right? To different roles. And one of the things that I suggest people do is for the, the moment to set aside titles right because they they just have all of this all of this um potential angst wrapped around them you know am i gonna am i good enough for this title am i going to be underemployed at this title to really set aside the titles and zero in in a more modular way about what they're doing so kind of breaking down the skills and competencies that they use Things like problem solving, um, relationship building, networking, um, analyzing, writing, you know, those really core um, activities, if you will, mm -hmm. um, and then sort of um, sorting them, right? What, what are the ones that you like and you want to keep doing? What are the ones that you don't like and don't want to keep doing um, and obviously you want to get rid of as many of those as possible and optimize the things you like and then um, there may be some in between like something that you think you would like to do but you don't know how to do right that's a yeah. that's a gap maybe that would have to be learned in your next role um, but once you have a, a, a little bit more clarity about that then you can try to identify those kinds of skills in all kinds of job roles. So um, just thinking about a project management role, maybe you're, maybe you're in IT, you're doing project management in a, in a technology context, but maybe you're uh, very extroverted and social and um, you know, positive and you want kind of that kind of energy. Well, mm -hmm. a good project manager makes a great um, events manager, yeah. right? So maybe that person could take the core skills they use in project management to focus on 
doing events or conferences or something like that. So they're the modular approach to thinking about a job in terms of the groups of skills you're using rather than the title dramatically increases that universe of possibilities um, that you could look to. Yeah. Yeah. So thinking about this example of a, of a project manager who wants to go be an events manager, you know, we can think, okay, if you think about project management at, at a basic level, uh, you've got three areas you need to focus on, right? The, the time it takes to execute the project, the cost, you know, the budget and the quality, and that there's always some trade-off between them. You know, of course, if you take more time, then you might be able to spend less and you might be able to, and maybe the quality is the same or add, you know, spend more, you can get it done faster, that sort of thing. Right. So when someone's thinking about how to explain these transferable skills, is it, what, what additional work did they need to do or how do you recommend they think about those transferable skills so they can make sure they explain it to the person they're interviewing with? Because many times we've done enough thinking and you know, gone through exercises, maybe talked to a coach and we get why it's transferable, but there's a stuff, there's a gap between what's in our brains and like, obviously that that's transferable and I can do that and articulating it to the person you're interviewing with. So what, what are some things that someone could do to be more clear on how they can make sure that that communicates? Like in an interview. Yeah. Like in an interview. Yeah. So what I really encourage um, uh, clients to do is to talk up, to actually describe briefly in an interview, kind of the journey that they went through and, and then to ask a question. So an example here would be, um, you know, I, I did very well as a project manager um, making sure that everyone on the project, all the stakeholders were really uh, clear on where we were headed and also making sure that we, um, we celebrated milestones and we acknowledged hard work so that everybody stayed committed to the project. And I realized that that aspect of project management was the most fulfilling to me. So what I'm curious about is um, what sort of expectations do you have around creating excitement and energy for these events you want me to plan? Um, so that's kind of an example of um, how you would make that transition. Yeah, something that uh, that came to mind for me as well is many times you know, in this example, there's or any example, there's a reason that you want to go do that other thing. There's a path you took to get there, and many times it's because you had an experience that while maybe you weren't an event manager, in the process of you being a project manager, you you made an event happen, and you're just looking at event management through the project manager lens. So it could be just a, a someone's birthday party you organize, or it could have been actually part of your job. Uh, but if, 
if you can explain how you successfully executed that event, did the core of what you're looking to do next, but in your previous role, like if you can use an example, I find that also makes, makes a huge difference for people to understand why it's transferable. And usually it brings up reasons that your unique skill set is particularly valuable because it, it could very well be that this company, the event managers that they had before, they were, they were always uh, having things wait to the very last second. And, you know, the, that the person, the hiring manager was always stressed out because their event managers would never have it done in a certain time. And you just being able to say, yep, planned, you know, plan my, my father-in-law's 70th birthday had 500 people there and X, Y, and Z, you know, hired this band, did that. And, you know, the, the day before my, my partner was freaking out about, was everything done? And, you know, I had the list, I could just show them that it was all done because it's just an application of being a project manager. And maybe that's, that's a, a, culm, a culminating event that made you excited for it. And it brings it back to not only can you do the job, but you want to. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think that also brings in the um, values element too. Yeah, can can you expand on? Sure. Um, yeah. So what what I was um, thinking while you were describing that is that this person that we're talking about. Um, might really value connecting people um, and <clears throat> creating a positive experience, positive experience for people that that helps that helps them feel acknowledged for the work they've done, for example. Um, and you know, being in an event management role where that is actually the goal. Right, that's the end goal of the activity, for example, might be, you know, a concert or birthday or a celebration where you're bringing people together and creating joy. Yeah. Um, and it's much more directly the point, right, or what matters in that scenario compared to an IT project manager where what matters is on time, on budget, no bugs, you know, th yeah. those things, you know, it's okay for them to be important. It's just not as important to that person as the, um, the end result of that event, which is creating joy and connection so that that person might be able to really meet their their values mm. needs as well as their income needs with the same thing yeah huh. and something that this reminds me of is the importance of i've found a lot of job seekers are frustrated when they're trying to make a transition and they get why they get why they can do it. They know they can do it, but you need to make the other person see that you can do it. Now you need to do the heavy lifting for them to make them understand why not only can you do the job, but you might be even better suited to be a, to be an event manager because you are a project manager. 
And so much of this comes down to first understanding what it is you want to do next and why you would be good at it. But also, what does it take for the person listening to you, the hiring manager, to understand why you're going to be good at it? Mm. Because if they don't, if you don't bridge that gap for them, then you know it doesn't matter. You might as well just have given them an app, uh, a resume, and have them look at it like, oh, a project manager is applying for this event manager role. Nope, we want someone who's done it before. Right. Yeah, I can use myself as an example here, I think. Um, yeah. You know, I spent 30, 25, 30 years in communications, corporate communications, and a lot of my job was creating messages, right, that really boiled down to that, writing articles, um, doing emails, presentations for senior leaders, um, all about the messages communicated to a group en masse. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that, that happened is I, I started realizing that the thing I was getting the most satisfaction from was really connecting either individually or, or in small groups with people about, you know, issues or concerns and sharing ideas and listening and, and that that was really what was enjoyable. So that this idea of, of connecting with individuals rather than communicating with large groups and focusing on the message of communications. And so that's where coaching fits so well for me because I was able to take all of my energy and all of my experience and channel it into this one-on-one or very small group communication, which I found now more satisfying um, than my, my previous roles, which were really about the craft of messaging. And so, but I was still able to bring forward all of my experience because as it turns out, all leadership is communications in some context or form. So I didn't have to leave much behind. I could leave behind what I wanted to leave behind, um, which would be like drafting an email for a senior leader. I just didn't need to write another email for somebody else. I was really done with that. I could leave that behind and bring forward all of the experience I gained from having to get to those messages by connecting to the people I was communicating for. Yeah, something something that brings up for me is I've talked to a lot of people where they 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 worry about making transitions like this. They think that they needed to stay in that one role forever. And I've talked to so many people where I look back on their careers and they've made so many transitions. And in hindsight, it's like it all makes sense. Like, oh, wow, that was like such a good move to transition from that to that. And I can see how you apply those skills. But the reality is when people are actually going through it, like in the moment, it isn't obvious. Now, I, I look at my experiences and in hindsight, I can craft a story to make it seem like such a smart, strategic move each time I change jobs and companies. But the reality of it was, I didn't re- it wasn't the plan. It was just in that moment, I, I talked it through, you know, in, in some cases with you to figure out, okay, what did I like about what I was doing and what didn't I like? And what's, what's a deal breaker and what isn't? 
And of the things that I want to do, how do I make more of that in the next role? And then like, what is that? And talking with people to understand it, if it's not immediately clear, uh, makes such a difference. But th- the key takeaway being people don't just know intuitively what they're going to do next. When you look back on other people's careers, it's not like it was all well thought out and intentional. And this was their 30 year plan to, to get to where they are. Many times they, they kind of fell ass backwards into it. Uh, but they were just intentional thinking about what do I want to do next and why? And many times it's out of necessity, just like people right now are unemployed. They're looking at their resume. They're thinking. I don't want to. Oh, I think I cut out there. You did for, for a minute. Yeah. Sorry, you'll have to fix yeah. that on the back end. Yeah, no, maybe I will, maybe I won't. But uh, <laughs> the, the main takeaway being people, it, it looks like them, but they just figured it out, doing the same kind of things that you recommend. Mm-hmm. So, Galen, if, if you... Mm-hmm. So now is look at the resume, one, what they should do next. What do you recommend they do to start getting clear on what's the right move for them? You know, what, what's the next best move? So in 30 years, they can look back and be like, that was a good move because I thought it through. Yeah. Yeah. I think that w- what you were describing was taking at least one step toward alignment with each move you make. Right. So if you're, if you're headed, headed, in the right direction generally, you don't necessarily have to know where you're gonna end up at the end of your career. But what's, you know, one, um, one improvement, one move toward alignment that um, would be really satisfying for you. Um, so for some people it's the culture and we talk a lot about culture, right? Maybe you can do the same kind of job in a different culture that's more aligned with your values. So that might be a step that you could consider. Um, the, other, the other option is if there's an element of your role that you would like to be a bigger piece of the pie. You know, I wish I could do this most of the time instead of just once a week. You know, thinking about how could you maybe focus on roles that would allow you to do that. Um, and then I think uh, another, another potential is um, thinking about what may not have been possible in the past, but that could be possible now. Mm. Um, I think that's a, pr- a provocative um, consideration. So maybe you've got a little money in the bank. Maybe you have some connections you didn't used to have. Um, Maybe you're um, deciding that you're now willing to move a little farther afield. Maybe you're willing to look for a job, you know, on a national scale. So that may give you some options. Um, So I don't think there's a, you know, specific process for figuring out what you want. I think it's, it's the place to begin is how could I get one step toward 
one or more steps toward alignment with my values, with the kind of culture I want to work in, with the kind of people I want to work with, and still bring forward the wares that I have available to me and want to use. Yeah, Galen, thanks for sharing your insights today. Uh, for everyone listening, this is Galen Carpenter, uh, expert career coach uh, and executive coach with the Job Sauce, and she's got her own stuff going on too. Uh, if you've got questions for Galen, we're definitely going to have her on in the future. So if you want to email those to phd at thejobsauce.com, we'll try to get those answered. Uh, but for now, we're, we're, uh, we're going to sign off. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. Yay. Yay. There's our dry run, you know? <laughs>